Welcome one and welcome all to episode number eight of Bard's Backlog. I am your host and moderator and good friend, Josh Gallegos. And joining me this week, Jared Benson. Hello, everyone. I apologize for my absence last episode, but Josh did a fantastic, I think we can all agree, Josh did a fantastic job of uh, maintaining the standards that we here at Bard's Backlog wish to keep up while we do these podcasts, and uh, I enjoyed it. I listened to it, man. You did a good job. Well, thank you. I mean, it was definitely different and a little bit more, I don't know, like even felt stilted, at least for me, doing it all alonesies. I mean... I've gotten so used to your sultry voice on the other end of the phone and not having that to encourage me on was was a little tough, you know, and so I just had to soldier through, but uh, yes, indeed, last time I was all alone, and we didn't even do a typical podcast um, as far as like going through a video game and everything. I kind of took my time with exploring other ideas um, that I had thought through before and then also just making a bunch and a bunch of announcements like 25 minutes worth of announcements, which was quite a bit. And I know that that was a bit much, but I'm glad that I crammed it all in because now I don't have to worry about that this week. Um, Of course, Jared and I can be reached via Twitter. You guys can submit questions to us there. I'm at Video Game Bard and Jared is at Jared T. Ben for our default segment or for the games that we'll be covering. And of course, this is... Bard's Backlog, the ever-growing catalog of video games inducted into the Hall of Games. We are the gatekeepers and subsequent executioners of any video game candidate, including today's. Um, And last time, there was no video game candidate because I was all alonesies, like I said. But uh, I'm just glad that you're here with me this week, Jared. It's good to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... How does it feel that it's already June? Dude, this has been the longest slow year, or sorry, excuse me, the fastest slow year ever. (laughs) Fastest? What do you mean by that? I don't even know what I mean. Doesn't it feel like it was just January yesterday? Does it not feel like that? Yeah. You know what? Maybe it's because I live in Pensacola and the seasons aren't as, you know, in intense here and to be honest, Mm. it still hasn't gotten super hot. You know, the last couple of times I've gone to the beach, it's I've gotten there and arrived and it's been less than 80 degrees, you know, so lower than 80 degrees. So it's been tremendous here, but it does feel like January was just yesterday for me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, this year has just been insane. I mean, I, I want to call it the year of the gut punch, at least for me, I think everything that's with COVID yeah. and then just like everything else that happened with me earlier in the year, it has been a crazy, crazy ride. Yeah, and the man. fact that it's already June, like I felt like last time I checked, it was April and yeah. May just disappeared. Like, I don't yeah. even know where it went. Yeah. Which is okay. Like, I'm okay with things picking up because, goodness gracious, I, I don't know. Like, I definitely, like, towards the end of March and then going into April was just, like, fighting, fighting through everything that was going on. So this year has definitely been a lot. But um, I'm glad that it's halfway through, and I'm excited to see where the rest of the year goes, and I'm just ready for it to switch on a dime into something a little better so and and, you know i got i got plans you know i've got things in motion to get that where it needs to be so hopefully the rest of the year is a little bit better than it has been thus far have you been holding up this year i've I've been good i was about to say it's crazy to think that this time last year you were like five days away from getting married that's true yeah i mean what's your anniversary it's the 7th of June. That's right. So. Okay. Yeah, Jeremy's is the 2nd. That's who I was thinking of. But no, yours is a couple days just a year later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yep. We got some plans in the making for our anniversary, first year <gasps> anniversary. So Ooh. Yeah, pretty fun. But yeah, I, I did get married a year ago, which is kind of crazy. There's been a lot that's happened in one year. And that's usually how it works, right? Like everything's kind of constantly moving. The mm-hmm. wheel of time turns ever onward. And we're just kind of dragged behind it like medieval <laughs> slaves. Against know? our will. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about just reflecting on the year thus far. And really specifically with 
the COVID crisis, Jared, I just had one question I wanted to ask you just to kind of kick things off for us here before we get into the video game stuff. Did you have any hobbies or habits that you kind of formed or took on during this pandemic? Something that, you know, was out of the usual that maybe you're going to continue on as we go forward. For sure. Um, Actually, this is kind of something that I can mention a little bit in the games we play in segment, but uh, one of the hobbies that I picked up is learning how to play guitar. So that's been really, yeah, I was just like, you know what, man, I'm home all the time. Um, You know, I work with old people or used to, I have a different job now, but um, I work with old people. And so like when I was not working, I was home, man, I was very good. I did not, you know, go out when I wasn't supposed to. I went to the grocery store. I wore a mask. I stayed away from people. All that stuff. You know, it's difficult not to see your friends, especially for an extreme introvert, uh, extrovert like myself. But yeah, I picked up guitar. I'm learning it. It's uh, it's all right. It's going okay. <laughs> I'm You're not musically really... minded already. Like no, no, not like that. You don't think not... so? No, no, definitely not. I know so. <laughs> Has but... it been? So it's been a, a pretty good learning experience, though. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. I picked up guitar in high school for like five months and then totally dropped it. I That's always been like one of the things I wanted to get back to, you know, mm. and just never have. So good on you, man. And then you said something about uh, like just dieting through this whole thing. Like you've kept up a pretty good um, physique. I Well, I, I wouldn't even... I wouldn't say physique, but I did go pretty extreme. So the beginning of the month of May, um, you know, I was like, I cannot put on weight. I will like, I'll just lose a lot of progress, right. That I've made going to the gym. I was pretty faithful to the gym. Um, and I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta diet. I gotta do something. So I restricted, I did two things. I went carnivore, full carnivore. Um, nothing but steak, uh, beef products, so nothing but that for about two and a half weeks of May. In addition to that, I did intermittent fasting with one meal a day. I would only eat one meal. I could eat as much as I wanted. So I'd have like two ribeye steaks a day, but it was only around like 5 p.m. Excuse wow. Me. Yeah. So that was pretty intense. I noticed two things. Like two and a half weeks in, I'm like, oh, I don't like that. how this is making me feel. It was all the meat. There's a lot of fat to it because ribeye like – you know, it's got a fat, I tried other meats, but it was just bland. So it's not even that I didn't necessarily like enjoy it per se. Cause it, you know, it's whatever I enjoy steak, but it, I wasn't liking how it was making me feel. However, hmm. I did notice that intermittent fasting is fantastic. I love that. I actually really love it. So I'm still on that. I changed it up. Like today I had uh, chicken rice and a little bit of salad for my one meal today. But that was it. Still on the one meal a day, and I love it. I'm drinking tons of water, and it's working well. I haven't gained any weight despite being a couch potato a lot <laughs> over COVID, and uh, that's been it. So, oh. yeah. Sounds nice because I've definitely gotten that quarantine bod going on. <laughs> it's been uh, fun for me. I don't think I've, like, formed anything specific other than, like, trying to read a lot more that's what that was like my big thing going into the quarantine just taking my time with actually like sitting down and putting hours into reading which I haven't done honestly since well I mean through college you're reading but not like in any way that was outside of you know just whatever was in the textbooks so right I've been thoroughly enjoying going through lots of books I read Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life um and I read a Wheel of Time series book, which is a fantasy book. And now I am going through Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment, mm. which is a thoroughly good read and one that I highly recommend to anyone who, I guess if, you, if you're if you interested in classics, it's it's definitely up there. And it's not too long either. It's like 300 pages, I think, so no bigger than The Hobbit. Um it's so interesting. Like he gets really into the the philosophy of the guy and like how and how he thinks through like even just basic like f- parts of life, and then he ties that all into the whole crux of the thing is built around his um, murdering an old lady, and he just really gets into the mind of man in some really interesting and powerful ways, and just this interesting sense of morality that kind of permeates even um someone who thinks that they're above morals and who thinks that they can pull something off and not feel guilty and it's just 
an incredibly um, interesting read. So that's been my thing, just trying to keep up with that and then survive the rest of the quarantine madness. But yeah, um, definitely something I want to keep up, especially going into the summer and then going back into school. It's been nice to just have a couple hours at the end of the night and put that into reading. Um, and it's not something I think people do as much anymore. Right. Like it's just a lost art, especially for our generation. And like so many people read far less than they used to. And when it is reading, it's a lot of like articles and stuff. Whereas I don't know. I, I, I gotta, I gotta like think that there's something about like an in-depth like book and something about like taking the time to go through these deeper thought processes that's well worth it and so i I don't know i guess i just recommend it um and that's that's what i've been doing getting a book with getting a book with paper pages is like a luxury i love it it is (laughs) it feels so nice like i don't know there's just like a feel to it and i actually switched to my kindle halfway through um on the wheel of time while i was reading that and uh that's okay and it's nice because I have access to it at work, so I read on my lunches right. as right. well. Um, and I actually just do it through the Kindle app on my phone. So I just kind of pull up my phone and read there. But there's definitely something about a book. Um, that's just – it's a tactile feel, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but with that in mind, let's jump into the video game part of this video game podcast with the first segment, the games we play in. Jared, how much have you been playing recently? You know, not a ton, to be honest with you. Um, I, so I have, like, you'll see, I have two like small games. They're both small, and then uh, you know that's that's about it. I've been playing Okami, a little bit of Animal Crossing here and there, a little bit of Smash Bros, kind of here and there. But I've been um, doing other things. You know, I've been reading. I've been you know playing guitar. So as much as that kills our video game podcast. <laughs> Um, I haven't been playing a ton, so I feel like I've slim pickings this week, but both of the games are tremendous, but just two. Yeah, tell me about this first one, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Okay, so I, I just, okay, this is cool, because I was fooling around today, and I was like, all right, I'm a little bored. I pick, I went to the um, Switch store, and I was like, all right, let me, let me find a little something here. So I found this, watched the trailer. Sayonara Wild Hearts is a neon prismatic masterpiece of symmetry and indie pop. You run or fly or drive along high-energy tracks like Sonic, the Sonic the Hedgehog, but yeah, with yeah, a yeah. 3D twist that constantly manipulates the environment. So you're going up, down, the 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 axes will switch so that you have to move your character up and down instead of left to right. Uh, the speed, the obstacles, you're, you're in and in and out of things. Subtle pulses in your controller keep you constantly engaged and the beat of the song that you're playing to keeps you in sync. It's a fantastic, fantastic game and it's less than $10. I bought, I bought it today for $9 and 74 cents. I've played through half of it. I love it. It's kind of like, I say indie pop because it's not really any songs that you're going to recognize, but they are like that constant, like sometimes you have to hit the button to get the timing right. Sometimes you have to move to the left or to the right to avoid an obstacle. Sometimes it's up and down and it constantly switches throughout each run. The runs are short. They take you less than four minutes every time, uh, constantly moving. The interface is gorgeous and it's all bright neons. It's pinks and purples, uh, light greens, light blues. I love it. It's like Tron with a femme fatale. It's fantastic. I love it. I have heard of it before. It's a rhythm game. Yes. Yeah. What is the, like, do you understand, like, maybe you're not far enough into it, but what is the, like, title? I always was curious because that just never clicked with what the game was itself. Or is it just a title? I don't know. What do you mean? Like, Sayonara Wild Hearts. What does that mean? <laughs> so, essentially, so it's a really cheesy intro. You got um, this uh, sassy woman who's like, yeah, so eventually, you know, the gods kind of got infiltrated by an evil. Uh, and they're kind of using tarot cards in their mysticism, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, they use the pieces, the shards of a broken heart to revive some woman who's going to save the universe. And then she rides a motorcycle and beats up baddies so (laughs) like it's kind of cheesy but the the way you play the game and the art 
Oh, especially the art is amazing. So that's that's really where it is. I mean, it's cheesy, of course, but it's great. I really, really like it. Would, would Sounds recommend. like there's a lot going on. It There is a lot going on <laughs> as far as artistically, for sure. And it's short? I mean, you said you're like halfway through, right? Yeah, I looked at the progress bar. I'm pretty sure I'm halfway through already. Uh, I might have misread it, but I'm pretty sure I'm halfway through. So, I mean, it makes sense. It was only 10 bucks. You know, it's yeah. kind of like an upgraded mobile game, you know, but gotcha. uh, so much better. I wouldn't say it's as, like, I think in VR, it would be super intense, honestly, like super crazy. But uh, but it is a great game, so would highly recommend. Nice little snack of a game, it sounds like. I have thought about getting it before. Um, is it on sale right now? Is that what led you towards it? Uh, to be honest, no. It was just the art style itself. I was like, what is this hmm. thing, right? But uh, no, and then I looked at it uh and it was you know 974 i was like oh i have to get this This is 10 bucks this is like two lattes you know and uh so exactly so i just grabbed it real quick and yeah cool i have been playing um a game that is not as vibrant as (laughs) what it sounds like sound or wild hearts is it's called tie the tasmanian tiger have you ever heard of this game jared no tell me about it What's up? So this is an old game. I actually grew up with it. I remember getting it from Blockbuster Ooh. back in the day. It's like one of those nostalgia. like in that era. Oh yeah, yeah hardcore nostalgia. Yeah. Um, and it was for the PlayStation Two. Um, me and my three brothers would just like we'd go, we'd rent a few games, and we'd play them over the weekend. And I very specifically remember this one. Like it stood out to me, and I saw it pop up on the Switch store um, in a remaster. And I was like, okay, I got to check this game out. Like, even just seeing the name Ty the Tasmanian Tiger, I know that probably means nothing to our audience, but um, it, like, immediately invoked all these, like, triggers of nostalgia in my brain. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I got to check this out. It's an old game. Um, It's kind of stilted. They really didn't do a whole lot with the remaster, so um, it's pretty much the same game as it was before it's blocky um the dialogue is terrible but um it's a 3d platformer uh, collectathon which was pretty big in that era there was games like attack and the power of juju obviously like ratchet and clank or yep yep this like the sly cooper games it was like in that realm of games um and it really just like has been a nice little treat on the side of everything else i've been playing um, and it's totally like a 2000s game. And I, that's been like the best part of it for me is just like mm. <laughs> reliving that era just a little yeah. bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just been a real blast from the past. So I've been loving it. Um, Better times. <laughs> than this COVID, <laughs> yeah, right. This Simpler mess. times. Simpler times indeed. And it's just funny how like specific sounds in the game or like sights like trigger just memories in my head and nostalgia so well. So yeah. Um, it, on that front of it, it's been really fun to play, and it makes me like realize how old I am too. I don't know, like it. It's like making me face the reality of the fact that I'm in my twenties now, and like looking back <laughs> on like this thing that I played as a kid that I, like you know I was so enthralled with at the time, just thinking about how far I've come. I don't know. I've been getting very reflective as yeah, I played man. this. Now cheap this game. <laughs> you you have on here. Assassin's Creed Origins. What has kept you coming back to this game? Oh, Jared, Jared. I'm apparently game, missing something big, man. I don't know. It's just scratching the itch for me is what it is. Like, gotcha. I, like I said, I picked it up right after I finished Control and it has just slotted so perfectly into like what I want in mm-hmm. life right mm-hmm. now. Um, so I'm still obsessed. I mean, I took all of last week or the last time that we talked to or I guess we didn't talk it was when I was by myself to just talk through Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. because of this game like it really just re-triggered the joy of open world games to me and then also just like the joy of video games in general like there's yeah. something about jumping into a digital world that's been so fully realized and yep. exploring it and getting all the little details in and interacting with it in fun little ways. And I don't really like get deep into games that often anymore. So this one has been a huge exception. Um, 
And I did want to say just a quick correction. I did say last time that it was set during when the Greeks were coming into Egypt, but that is not the case. It's actually when the Romans were coming into Egypt. Um, so a few hundred years later, it was during the Roman Empire's expansion. Like Julius Caesar's in the game, obviously Cleopatra, like we talked about last time. And mm-hmm. um, they're kind of like um, working together to fight Pompey and everything. So there's a lot of like that aspect of it. And there is some um, Greek heritage because Alexander the Great did come through. And it, But it's just so cool how, and obviously I'm a nerd for all this stuff, but it's just so cool how the game takes all these little cultures and shows what that world would have been like, or that that world that that part of the world would have been like at that time, um, and it's so true to its Egyptian roots too. Like, there's a ton of um, mysticism and in-depth parts of their religion explained, and you can dive into the pyramids and like go see these ancient texts and things. It's just I don't know. It's it's just been scratching the itch for me, man. And I have been loving it so much. And it is so freaking huge. Yeah. It is so big. Like, each region is bursting with sites to discover and side quests to complete. So it's just taking me a ton of time. <laughs> it's <laughs> taking me a lot of time to get through. But I've been enjoying every minute. I've been playing that a ton. And then on top of that, I've also been playing at, like, uh, breaks in my work and stuff in an inordinate, uh, inordinate amount of Clash Royale. Um, which is a fun little mobile game. So just wanted to do like a special nod to Clash Royale for a moment. Obviously, it's a simple game. It's just kind of like you start a match and then you fight the, the other person. But uh, it's been a little bit of an addiction for me recently as well. So been doing that. And then you've also, Jared, been playing Jackbox 3. So this this is fun. Like I remember when Josh introduced Jackbox to me years ago and you know cuz he's he's an early adopter type of a guy when it comes to games. So he had the Switch like what? Did you pre-order it before it came out? Um I did not, but I did get it within the week that it came out, I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, you you were on top of that thing. And I remember um we had first at some point gotten together and played this party game where you kind of go on your phone and you uh, log in, you need Wi-Fi or data or whatever, and you log into a website that is attached to this game. So you play through your phone onto the TV, and it's all about, you know, there's a couple games on there, faking it, gaspionage, there's a murder mystery thing, party, whatever, and then a game called Quiplash, where you use your phone, that's the one I was referring to, where you use your phone to type in answers to questions that come up on the screen, and it's a lot like the hilarity of catchphrase but with the uh, anonymity of like you can put up a nickname and no one knows that it's your answer and people take votes on what you know is the best answer and then you know it's it's just hilarious it's a riot so I had some friends over Friday night Saturday night I don't care Saturday night and I showed them quiplash and so we are going to play that game we're going to do a wing night we're going to do quiplash it's going to be a great time yeah dude I'm looking forward to it so that I've been we played that a little bit and it was fun. So I'm looking forward to the next time that it's a great party game. So for anyone wondering, and there's multiple Jackboxes. So I'm saying Jackbox three because Josh is correct. Like that's the best out of all of them. So yeah, Jackbox three, great party game would highly recommend that. And then specifically Quiplash for sure. Yeah. Quiplash is definitely like the star of the show. Mm -hmm. The other ones, like each of the games comes with like five, like quote unquote mini board games or whatever that you can play with groups. And they all vary in quality. So that's why I say three. Like, I agree with you on that. Like, three is the one that, like, for sure you're going to get bang for your buck in. And the other ones all have, like, variations on even, like, there's a Quiplash 2 and I think Jackbox 4. Yeah. Um, and that one's in a continuation of the fun. But uh, yeah, those are fantastic, fantastic games to have for groups. Um, and you can play with up to, like, eight people, I think. So even more than a typical console while worth the purchase, especially if that's what you use it for. Um, or if you're interested in using a console for that sort of thing. So that has been the games we play in and let's go ahead and jump into our next segment, the default segment. (laughs) 
Now for the default segment this week, Jared, I have something a little different for you. Instead of talking through a topic or um, kind of having a conversation, I have a little bit of a game that I wanted to play with you. So I have here with me a list of JRPG titles. (laughs) Okay. And I want you to tell me whether the title, as I read it, is real or fake. If that's a real video game or if it's a fake video game. This is bullying. (laughs) <laughs> there's a reason they call me the casual like this is this is bullying <laughs> I'm not kidding. all right i'll do my best i'll do my best they they have some whack titles um so and and i have i think a list of 20 here for you so we'll get through these but um i'll read it off and then i just need you to make the decision and then we'll count up and see how you do <laughs> okay all right number one trials of mana. How do you spell mana? M A N A. Oh, uh, that's fake. Fake? Yeah. That is real. Damn, actually. Here we go. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> the start. All right. Second. Wishes of mine sublime. That's fake. That one's definitely fake. Good job. Are you coming up with the fake answers? Yeah, all of them are ones that I made up. Oh, so okay. All right. Hopefully all that'll right. give you a bit of an edge and you can get okay. kind of guess right. based on that. Tales of Vesperia. That's real. You are correct. That is a real one. Right Side of Mystery 2. That is a real one. Nope, that one is fake. Oh. That is a fake one. Jeez. All right. So far, you're 50-50. So, <laughs> so far, I'm failing. Doing pretty good. Um, Xenogears. No, Xenoblade is a game, but Xenogears is fake. Um, actually, you are incorrect. What? What is Xenogears? Is... <laughs> it's an old JRPG. Actually, it's, oh, I think it's man. made by the same people that made Xenoblade. Oh, this so... is why I'm a casual. Here we go. All right. Boot Hill Bounties. I think that one's real. That one is real. You are correct. All right. It's a JRPG set in like a Western aesthetic. Okay. So it sounded like it. Yeah. Slapstick Princess. Oh, uh, that one's fake. You're right. Okay. That is is one that I made up. All right, Jerry's Last Stand, A Journey in the Forest. I think that one's fake. I feel like you would come up with that. Yeah, that one's fake. I had really? Oh, shoot! Oh, shoot! You got it. Yeah, you got it. Jerry, I, I was kind of doing a little reference to you in that, so Jerry's Last Stand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. No one calls you Jerry. Huh? I'm probably the only one that's ever People at that. Starbucks write my name Jerry on my lattes, but... It's because I don't emphasize the D enough, I guess. <clears throat> Makes sense. All right. Dragon Slayer, The Legend of Heroes. I think that one's real. That one is real. Okay. Good. See, you're doing well. For this being like a, you get one shot and you can do it. It's like a flip of a coin for you. You're doing a pretty good job. Octopath Traveler. I think that one's real. You're right. That one is absolutely real. And probably a game we'll cover at some point. Okay, cool. Yeah. Bravely Default. Uh, I think that one's fake. That one is real. Whoa! So, I know. Really weird name. Yeah, it is awkward wording. Yeah. Bravely Default. It doesn't, like, convey anything. Yeah. Like, what does that (laughs) even mean? This is vague terms here. All right. Mario and Luigi, Knight of Waluigi. That that's real. Question mark. Fake. <laughs> no. No, shoot. It's not even just that it's I feel like in my head an image popped of Waluigi, but I guess that doesn't really make sense. They've made Wario games, but uh no. Waluigi has in fact only been in party games for Mario. Really? He's never Yeah, he's I don't as far as I know anyway, he's never appeared in one of their games but the mario and luigi series is a real series so 
I was curious if that would throw you off or no, not. You, um, it, you got me. You bit the bullet. Push, push. That's it? That's all you're giving me? <laughs> that's that's the title. Push, push. Uh, that one's real. That is fake. What? So you're just Absolutely. throwing random verbs together? <laughs> <laughs> hey, some of these, like Bravely Default, yeah. that one is <laughs> a real true. title. That's you know? true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Shin Megami Tensei. Uh, real. That one is real. Okay. Absolutely correct. Atelier Ayesha, the Alchemist of Dust. That one's real. That one is also real. How'd you know that? Uh, I'm not going to say. <laughs> Breath of Fire 92. Fake. Very fake, yes. There is a Breath of Fire, and I think there has like six titles in the series but not a 92 so i was curious if that would throw you off or not actually when i wrote it i was thinking like the 92nd in the series but now that i'm reading it it kind of comes off like the year 1992 yeah um but good job all right final fantasy crystal chronicles ring of fates that one's fake you switched some words in there that one is real Oh, I figured you would have given me a Final Fantasy, but switched like some of the words in the title. Okay, all right. I thought about it, but that one is actually an actual title that came out. Okay. One of the Crystal Chronicles. I think there's only two of those games in that specific series. All right, a few more, then we're done. Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. That one's real. That one is real. Yep. Kingdom Hearts 4. Uh, have they made four? Ah, uh, fake. That is fake. Yes! Uh, I, oh! I thought I was going to get you with that one. Good job. Good job. Mother three. <laughs> Can you hear me flipping the coin? <laughs> uh, that one's uh, that one's fake. That one is real. Ah, uh, and that is the final one. All right, let's tally up how you did here. You got nine wrong and 11 correct. Oh, man. (laughs) It sounds like my final exam grades in college. (laughs) It's like, oh, is it A? Is it C? That's a D minus, bro. (laughs) (laughs) An F by some standards. All right. Wow. Good job. All things considered, I feel like you were able to sniff out the weird ones and uh, give us a solid run there. So good job, Jared. That's why they Especially for the putting you on the spot like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. With that being said, that is the end of the default segment for us this week. Let's go ahead and go into our final segment for this week. And that is where we get into the pick of the week, which is Okami HD. Originally released April 20th, 2006 on the PS2, Okami is an adventure game that's stuffed full of Japanese folklore. Now, I picked this game specifically because it's often brought up in conversation about video games as an art form thanks to the full commitment to its beautiful art style. Yes. um, Reflected in the rendition of Nippon, Japan, and its fantastical characters. So, Jared, what did you think of Okami? So, I mean, you have this game that, upon further research, you know, seems to be a conglomeration of ideas that were inspired by other titles. Um, So Yes, absolutely. So after a second look, that's what you realize. Upon first impression, of course, everything that you just said just stands out. It pops. The cell shading, the artwork, the style of the game – um, certainly unique. I've never had, I've never played as a dog protagonist or white right. wolf, whatever you want to say. That's unique. Um, kind of trying to take the old style Japanese art, like the paintings that they had done. You know, you think of like Land of the Rising Sun truly stands out in your mind as you play through this game. It's all about the art style. Um, and to be honest, it's kind of, um, that's it. 
on first impression, mm. first playthrough, because you're immediately struck if you're a gamer out how easy the game is. To be honest, they kind of hold your hand a little bit through things. Um, and while I haven't finished it, that doesn't change. They hold your hand throughout the whole the whole game as well. So uh, that those are my first impressions. That it's a little easier than I anticipated. It's definitely all about the art and kind of recreating an ancient, maybe feudal style Japan, land of the samurai, that kind of thing, um, and unique for sure. Were you struck by the art style? Like even just going into it, like was of it of course more than what you expected? Of course, no. When you first gave me like a list of options, here are the titles that we could play, and I looked into Okami. I was like, oh, this one. It's beautiful. It's absolutely breathtaking. It is, um, and that's probably like the biggest draw of the game. They went for, sure. for like you said, a watercolor aesthetic, yep. and um, the color palette is just vast and vibrant, and they somehow make each of the different parts of nippon um which is what they call japan the entire time which i think is just the native term for it if i'm not mistaken um they they make them all distinct within the art style but still keep it all looking like if you just took a quick picture of the screen while you're playing you know just like a freeze frame of what was going on it would look like a watercolor painting yep um and the and it goes all the way down to the character models, the um, in-game items themselves. It's really just striking, um, and it really is what steals the show. I would say, absolutely. Um, it's interesting too because as you look at some of the characters, some of where um, you know you're playing a video game, there's going to be moving parts, and but the art style, it, it's as if it was truly a painting, could because some of the lines, as far as like the the outline of the characters, you know, you you have thicker strokes. If that makes sense, like some of the characters, yeah. like the left side of their face, like the dark side of their face is going to have a thicker boundary line. I'm obviously lacking for technical terms than the other side. And you kind of notice that and it definitely makes it feel as if it was lovingly painted in, you know. And so for sure, um, for sure, you can tell that it was, you know, a PS2 game. Like that's a distinct look to it you know you've, yeah you have, you have graphical inconsistencies but um and like you know not hard edges they kind of like you know it just it kind of looks like an older game but yeah all the characters are kind of blocky yep. i would say yeah like, yeah for sure nobody has a f- like a mouth is something i noticed yeah yeah um, and like all the characters like very specifically um, and, and the items themselves, yeah, they're kind of like if you didn't have the sharp edges, the black that's put on everything to kind yeah. of like make it all stand out, it would look a lot less impressive than it does. I agree. Yeah. And that, yeah. Sorry, I, I did cut you off. What were you no, saying? you're fine. I, it doesn't play like an old game. It plays very smoothly, in, in my opinion. Uh, now, you know, we can get into some of the like – how you play the game i think some of it's a little clunky but when i say like it reminds me of an old game it's only in close-ups and some of the dialogue scenes like in Mm -hmm. art style but that course that does not take away from the original idea the idea that it's a painting looking type of art style and it is very beautiful absolutely um and that is definitely where the game shines through now the story is really fun I would say mm-hmm. uh, it's not the biggest draw and it's a pretty simple just like quest that you're yeah, going on. Right, right. You play as a wolf, which you pointed out, a, a wolf goddess, the goddess of the sun, Amaterasu or Amaterasu, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, and she's saving Japan from an evil, the evil eight headed serpent Orochi, which is like tied into all this, like a hundred years ago lore, you know, that's going on in the world or whatever. And a lot of it, like looking into it a little bit more is kind of just Japanese folklore that's adapted for the game. Um, but they really like take those building blocks, those kind of like basic elements of, you know, a God saving the country and going on a quest to do so. And they, pull out a lot of charm i would say um and the characters are are a lot of fun um specifically the character that i would say really as you play through the game has a full arc and who is there from the beginning and pops up quite a bit through the story is suzano what did you think of him in your amount of time that you played in the game you know i thought um a a good addendum you kind of you know when you first meet uh 
uh, Amaterasu. I, I like saying it that way. <laughs> that, that was the first way you said it. But um, when you first meet the the original character, obviously the dog doesn't talk. So, right. I mean, that's that. But still, like, the mannerisms of the dog itself, like, it'll lie down while a character's talking to it and kind of nod off. Um, <laughs> and it, it'll also, like, it's very chill, to be honest with you. It's kind of like a, a, you know, a god who's ultimately confident in its abilities, but is still kind of figuring things out. But is like, all right, it's fine. It'll, it'll chill. And I think that plays nicely against Susano, who is, you know, coming into his own, who has a lot of insecurities, who... Um, considers himself a warrior, but definitely doesn't have the clout to back it up. So I think that's right. kind of a cool um, um, back and forth that they have there. I like that, you know, the god kind of makes up for his shortcomings, Amaterasu. So I, I think I thought that was cool. I can agree with you for sure. Um, yeah, and yeah. they, like, they have an interesting rapport because Amaterasu does a lot of um, helping him out. Right. <laughs> and saving right. him from yes. <laughs> what would be embarrassing situations. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I just really like that dynamic. And he definitely comes into his own throughout the game. Uh, and you're you're playing as, obviously, the hero and the person who's going to solve everything. And you are just a wolf who, like you said, doesn't talk. So, there's something there that is just simple that just works, I would say. Yeah, I'm with you. The in, the, in the same way that Link works as a character that doesn't speak. You know, you kind of get a vibe. You get a vibe. And then the rest, the mind of the character is left to be filled in by you. So, for sure. Yeah, and then they do have um, her little, like, buddy that's hopping around, the tiny little um, artist whose name is escaping me. Uh, Isan. I think it's Isan. Yeah. Who does all the talking. <laughs> yep. So, you, obviously, you're getting your um, narrative bits there and any sort of, like, um, moving on to the next thing. Uh, like, all of that's built into the character of Ishan so that Ami, as, which is what he, Ishan, calls Amaterasu, um, can just be the wolf <laughs> who's just running right, around. Right, What did it, you think of the story overall from what you got into it? So, the, I... You know, very, very straightforward, um, you know, save yeah. the world from darkness, that kind of thing. Um, and again, you know, where the game is going to stand out is is what the creators originally wanted for that. Now, if you go back to the creator whose name is escaping me, I should have written it down, of course. But he was he openly admits that he was inspired by Zelda. What's the one that looks cartoonish? That it's not... Um, it's Wind got Waker? That, Wind Waker, yes. Zelda Wind Waker that has that cartoonish look. He said he was inspired by that, for sure. Um, and that kind of playthrough. So he tried to create a wide Japanese world, the land of Nippon. And it is a big map, for sure. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of exploring that you're allowed to do and can do. And so, and, you know, when you first get into it and you open up your menu and you see all of the different you know tabs on your menu to complete and do these things i'm like whoa there's gonna be a lot to this game as far as you know little things here and there scrolls ancient you know sake and ancient treats and cherry pies and ninja grandmas and stuff you know there's just gonna be (laughs) there's gonna be a lot and you can see the the inspiration of the zelda series for sure as it as it shines through and i think what the creators um did was take you know their original idea which was a game inspired by nature and a white wolf um they had released a trailer years ago uh, i think a couple years before they actually released the game and it didn't really take but when they change up the design of the wolf who's covered in kind of these orange tattoos and very unique and god looking god goddess like looking right um you, they create their own vibe and you, you can't help but appreciate the artistic creativity um that comes with how they decide to do the game and the commitment to it like yeah all the way yeah like a hundred percent of the way and it just works like and and that's probably the most impressive part of the game for sure um i found it pretty funny like light-hearted humor you know just like fun little beats here and there that um really just keep the game moving at a clip. I think the story would be pretty boring without those little beats built into it. I agree. Um, it doesn't really take itself too seriously. You know, it, it like, doesn't. No. They're like, this is what we're good at. We're going to demonstrate to you a game with the, the true inspiration that we wanted you to get from it. 
And then kind of with things that were, I guess I'll, you know, air quotes, weaker, you know, dialogue, character, maybe a little bit of plot here and there. We're just going to kind of chill and, you know, not take ourselves too seriously. So, no, I, I like the whole vibe that the game gives for sure. It works all really well together, yeah. and that is tied into the gameplay. Yep. Um, just being fluid, like you said, like it feels good to play, and it's really fun just to run around. And like, I love the little touches, like having a field of flowers kind of like appear behind you yes. as yes, uh, Amy runs is just like a really cool effect, and just gives the whole game a sense of peaceful, like. I don't know, just a sense of peace that um, works really well just all together. And the gameplay itself is a mix of action. There's some platforming. There's a little bit of puzzle solving. And it really does just kind of take all these ideas from Zelda. Yes, Um, right. There's dungeons, but they're pretty simple. There's boss fights, and they're even simpler. Um, And that really isn't where the game is at its best yeah but it all works like it all works to keep like the cohesion of the story and the cohesion of the art style and everything else just moving forward what did you think Um, of how easy the game was you know it it is very repetitive after a while yeah i I, I like I definitely started to feel it even at the 20 hour mark which is about where i got in the game i it's it's a lot of button mashing, like the combat itself. So yeah. like when you come across an enemy, um, which often takes the place of like these demons that the rest of the world can't see. Yep. Um, and it's kind of cool. Like every time you meet a new character, it shows like, um, a, like artist, an, an art version of them. And yep. it's like this really cool, like painting or whatever. Uh, but when you come across them, like a lot of them look cooler than it's actually, than it actually is to fight them. Yeah, and when you end up fighting, a lot of it is just button mashing. You have one combat attack, um, the Y button, and you're just pressing that over and over and over until they break or give you an opportunity to use your celestial brush, right? To kind of like smack at them. So that part of it, like honestly, after a while, I kind of wanted to just invo- avoid combat same, altogether because I was yeah. just en- enjoying the exploration side of it enough, and it did feel more like a chore. Yeah, as it goes along, it's just kind of generic, I would say. Yeah. Um, though the celestial brush does kind of add a layer of, at least, I don't know. No, that's unique. I, I don't think I can compare it to anything else. Like that's a definitely unique to this game. Yes, and that's like I like that they give you that. Like it really does tie into the whole idea of the art style. Like, mm-hmm. um, and the the fact that she is a god with powers. Go ahead and explain um, what the brush does. So the celestial brush is what is, um, like what all of Amy's powers are built into. Yeah, and it's supposed to be like this brush from the gods, and you go through the game meeting other gods, which is a lot of fun. I liked meeting all the other gods mm-hmm. and kind of like seeing the different uh, animals that held brush techniques. And as they give you techniques, they unlock different aspects of the brush. And a lot of it's kind of built into, like, nature. So you do, like, a swirl to make the wind blow. Or um, you do a, a line to from the water, and it'll, like, make a water stream um, and stuff like that. And, you, and it's an interesting thing that's super unique to this game where you kind of freeze the entire frame, and then you draw. Like, you just take the time to draw. Yeah. The and, screen switches to, like, kind of a scroll-looking like thing again sucking you into that ancient looking japan style right and then you can just draw on it (laughs) which is a lot of fun like um and and it's used in a lot of different ways like you use it in puzzles to kind of solve different parts of the dungeons or um if you're coming across something in the world that needs to be solved like um there's a specific um side mission that I'm thinking of where you have to like create a bomb and you don't know it until you recognize, Oh wait, I need to use my celestial brush for this. And then when you use the bomb, um, obviously you solve the puzzle or whatever, like whatever that side mission was. And you can also use it in combat to fight. Um, mostly through slashes. You just draw one line and it slashes through enemies. Um, but it adds a nice little layer to the game that keeps it from being, 
even more monotonous, I would say. Yeah. Um, and definitely ties into the art in a really cool way. I mean, if you were to I, sell the game to me by saying, um, you know, hey, you're going to be able to play as the goddess white wolf of ancient Japan who can paint the literal sun in the sky, the streams through nature, um, ancient uh, pyrotechnic explosives, and slash her enemies with the swipe of a celestial brush. I'd think, that's awesome. And then you sit down and you play <laughs> it, and it's a little gimmicky, to be honest. It is. That is the perfect word for it. It is gimmicky. Um, and it works. Like, it totally works sure. fine. Uh, and it, and it does, I would say, give gameplay its spice, but it does kind of become uh, a background thing and loses the luster. I, I got the the first couple hours; it's fun, like tons of fun to be like, "Ooh, what? Like, what can I draw on, or what kind of things can I do with this thing?" And as you get more stuff, obviously, you get more options to use, but they don't ever become something like they don't ever capture the joy i think that was like the initial discovery of the brush and it doesn't really build on itself in any super exciting ways but at the same time it is what makes this game kind of unique Um, and the pacing of it i would say is pretty good like you get a lot of new abilities as it goes along and it kind of works pretty well with the story obviously you're freeing the world of japan from darkness so as you free the gods and they they'll they'll give you a technique and so it it works pretty well like with the story and everything um but yeah i don't i don't think it's really anything to write home about and that's even with the motion controls did you happen to try those out at all um, you know, I didn't. I probably should have. <laughs> I just I just left it on the controller. I didn't even think about it. I probably should have. Um, I would say they're not like it was kind of off. Like I I wasn't was able it? to be as yeah. accurate with it as I wanted to be mm. when I was using it with motion controls. So, and it was a cool idea. Like as soon as I realized that you could play it with motion controls, I was like, "Oh yeah, let's try that out." Um, but it didn't quite work, and I think that might honestly be like the switch's fault <laughs> perhaps yeah um, yeah they don't have the most like in tune motion controls like the wii had a lot more like and obviously it was built for that like they had the wii sensor and everything for it um it I, i'm sure it worked a little bit better on that platform but here it's just kind of uh, I don't know. It definitely wasn't the way to do it. You could get a lot more control over the brush by doing it just with your controller. Yeah. Um, and it felt totally fine to use. Like it doesn't like that was the other thing at first. It's kind of weird, like trying to use it and getting used to like freezing the frame and then drawing what you need to draw. But after a while, it does kind of become second nature intuitive yep. um, and it works pretty well. Yeah. But I would say that the game surprisingly doesn't play like an old game. Now, perhaps I'm forgetting, you know, my playthroughs of old games, but the game came out in 2006. So, you know, I've obviously been updated, but like the Switch version does not play, although it looks like at times, you know, as I had mentioned earlier, it looks like at times like an old game, but it doesn't play like one. You're, you know, controlling Ami is very easy and very fluid and very enjoyable to do to run through these different areas and explore and look and enjoy the scenery and and the different things. Um, It definitely feels a very, it's a very fluid game while jumping, um, you know, even just freeze framing, drawing the quick little bomb circle and stuff, and then, you know, moving on or a slash or whatever does, you know, feel fluid. Um, I was the same way. I started to feel like I wanted to avoid combat, like you said earlier, but, but I don't have a a problem with the way the game feels for sure. Yeah. And the animations are very um, impressive. I would say that they have stood the test of time. Um, They're very smooth and that, that, yep that adds to just the the fluidness of the entire game is but especially in battle just it looks and feels the way it, it should um and that that's good i i mean comparing it to tie the tasmanian tiger which is i think a game that came out around the same time as this one like it's night and day how yeah. those games have aged even yeah. in just the animations themselves and so i i am like very impressed that it has held up the way it has for so long um but yeah, I, I guess I would just say like altogether the gameplay isn't what's drawing people to this game. I would say like it, it's simple overall. It's very simple and yeah. really the the 
beauty of the game is in the art style and is in the sense of just like peace that the game gives is really where I would say this game shines. Yeah. And it's, and it's fun to like, like I said, like meet new characters. It's fun to kind of like do little things like be it like, like be a God to these people too. in like little ways, like you are often taking care of nature throughout the game and making like trees bloom and taking care of the animals around you. Um, and doing little things like that is just cool and the game pulls them off pretty well. Some of the uh, some of the appeal of a game that's fifty hours long is um, something that you can I don't know like you want a game to suck you in so violently that you're like slamming through it, staying up to the and you know the four a.m. in the morning, you know, trying to play this game, trying to beat this game because it's so quick, it's so paced, uh, it's paced to be that way, violently fast. This game is not like that, um, and certainly it tells you that as soon as you open the game and there's like a six minute intro scene (laughs) right (laughs) you know i found myself skipping scenes trying to find the skip button for a lot of the stuff i was like okay you know here 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 where we're going but um but it certainly is more of a take your time adventure um and that's okay it's just slower than probably what you're used to would you say it kind of feels like it's meandering like it kind of gets a little too slow at times yeah, and just part of that is because some characters are more verbose than they need to be. Like Absolutely you have to, true. <laughs> you, like, at, when you first get in the game, you know, this is demonstrated early on, that you, you talk to some characters and you have to talk to them like two or three times to get them to say what you need them to say. It's like you don't do that unless there's a reason that you'd stop. You know what I'm saying? Like get to the point, you know. So um, I found that a little tiring at times, but... Um, yeah, it, meandering is the word. Yeah, and it's not like the characters are saying anything like mind-blowingly good or yeah. <laughs> like something worth reading yeah. all this text for. So The way of the yeah. path is to invest in Amazon. Like, it's not like they're giving you <laughs> life advice, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I'm... Yeah, this game is definitely a product of that time. Like, you are not going to get a game like this in this day and age, although I would love to see what they could do, like really trying to focus on improving the combat, like yes. putting a little bit more yes. time and effort into the side quests and stuff. And because the the base of it, like the the ideas that are here, are so like cool, yeah, like, and beautiful. It's an absolutely beautiful. Totally game. agree. Totally agree. Like I would love to be like um, in this world on a modern day console with all the bells and whistles that you could put into it at this point in time, you know, can you, Um, yeah. Can you imagine if the graphics were tightened up just a little bit, the art could stay as it is. It's very, it's, it's great. It's unique. The art could stay as it was. You get a little bit more immersive gameplay, um, a little bit more creativity into how you can use the celestial brush because they make it very obvious what you're supposed to do at each of these little locations so it's mm-hmm. kind of like maybe a little bit more creativity, maybe a little bit more, um, you know, kind of like Breath of the Wild where you had to go searching for the Korok seed instead of like it just comes to you. So, you right. know, stuff like that, you know, um, definitely agree with you. A modern, modern day console, just tighten it up a little bit, maybe, you know, add some depth and it, it, I would play it through and probably get sucked into it and want to pour hours and hours and hours and hours into it. Yeah. And it, like and that's not to take away from what this game is for like, sure for being a 2006 game yep that really does invoke zelda in a lot of really cool and fun ways and then just looks the way it looks like this is a really awesome well-rounded package that um is existent on modern consoles now that you can go and get and try out for yourself but the question i'd like to pose is jared is this a title better left in the past or do you think it's worth taking the time to play through today? You know, I as much as I hate to say it, like unless you're doing what we're doing and, you know, looking for, you know, the the old classics to talk about, to discuss, to digest and enjoy, um leave it in the past, to be honest with you. You know, um that's just my take, but yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It it's it's something that if you're not a huge video game like aficionado, someone who loves these things right. and wants to 
explore everything that the industry has produced over the past couple decades like this is one that maybe you could skip and with that like being said i would say it probably is the first title in a few episodes that i would say doesn't need to go into our hall of games i can agree with you if they were to remaster it in a couple years and kind of upgrade it a little bit um or if we were doing this podcast, you know, however many years ago, back when it originally came out, we, it might have been a different discussion. But you also have to ask the question, is it too much of a Zelda ripoff? You know, like how mm. much certainly inspired by, but did you do the work to create engaging mechanics? And I think the answer is no. Um, you just didn't stand out quite enough. So, I mean, my answer to that question... I is no, I don't think it should go into the Hall of Games. Um, but what do you think, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I don't think so either. But it, it, it's an interesting thing because I don't think there's like a whole lot that this specific game needs to improve. I think it's just a well-rounded package and that's tied into the simplicity of the story, the beauty of its art style. Um, but it, it just is that like it's more of like something that i think is neat to look back on and not so much to experience today um if you were to take the concepts like i said and put them in a modern game with updated combat with a lot more like focus on like the writing and um giving you a little bit more of a streamlined experience that maybe cut out some of the fat as well because it is like a 35 hour game like it's not small by any stretch and it's really like i i think those parts of it that are holding it back like if but if you were to take all those things kind of streamline it a little bit and um enhance the graphics just a smidge because it already does look quite beautiful yes um yeah it could be a timeless classic Mm -hmm. but it's just right on the cusp of that. I do think it's it's a fun like playthrough, uh, and definitely enjoyable if you're into Zelda likes. Um, if you like that kind of gameplay, this is right up your alley. But um, I really don't think it stands on four legs. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that, that was funny. I you know I I can't disagree with you. I would add just one more note, um, and that's just that the. Um, shoot, I lost my thought. Hold on, where is it? It's floating over there. I lost my thought. That's you got okay. this. I believe in you. Um. Oh, okay. No, if you're going to if you're going to play a game this long, and it does arc, it has multiple different arcs. You fight Orochi, you know the the multi headed dragon, eventually mm-hmm. in the game, and then it continues. They give you more content. You fight other bosses later on. Uh, a whole host of creative bosses, beautifully done, but you can't expect someone to play 50 hours with clunky gameplay like this. Um, right. it, it just does drag, and you're like, uh, you know, as, as fluid as it is to run around, and you, that's enjoyable, and the art and all, all that stuff, those little touches, it just doesn't, it's not fun to do the combat, and it's too easy. So, you know, it definitely would have to update that for me to drag through 50 hours of it. <laughs> drag that's probably the word that definitely fits like just the way yeah it's definitely a an overstuffed game as it is now it drags yes it does yeah so all right i'll get another pass in the hall of games for us with okami hd but still a really cool game in its own right and um hopefully someday we do see a sequel i i think there was one on the ds but i'm pretty sure that one was even worse than this game so mm. Uh, I would not. And the DS is definitely an aged console at this point. Like, right. It's kind of hard to go back to for sure. So Especially with the uh, Switch Lite now. Right. Like, why I would mean, you buy a DS when you can have the Switch Lite? Exactly. Where, where could you go wrong with the Switch Lite? So. That is Okami HD. And with that in mind, we have reached the end of yet another Bard's Backlog. Thank you all for listening. Um, Jared and I will be back in a couple weeks with another title, one that we have not discussed yet because we kind of got thrown off with uh, not meeting last time, and uh, we'll have to figure out exactly what that is. If you guys are 
like curious to see us check out specific titles, you can always reach out to us on Twitter, um, like we said at the top. And um, I actually had a specific game suggested to me by one of our audience members, Ooh. but I don't think we're going to go with it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so it's like an old PC game that really just I don't I don't think has any shot at being put into the hall of games sure. so. <laughs> and once josh and i get to it we will be doing animal crossing but for now we're uh we're just plugging away trying to build up our villages but it's coming i'm excited yes well i mean jared are there any games that you would be interested in tackling just like maybe one that you were curious about even before this or yeah xenoblade like chronicles now xenoblade chronicles, xenoblade I'm, I'm, chronicles I'm, really i'm not playing through it now but yeah definitely i i as i keep going through the nintendo eShop, I, it keeps coming up in my mind hey try let's maybe we should try this game maybe we should try this game i'll probably be more likely to go buy it from the store than the in nintendo store to be honest just because i have a lot of like saved games that download they take up space and stuff but um but yeah i'll probably go buy it from like Walmart do you not have like a an SD card like a big one uh what do you mean like you gotta get like a 256 gigabyte SD card for the switch and then you can just have the billions of games that I have dude <laughs> <laughs> well I haven't leveled up yet but getting there well, I would highly recommend it and for Xenoblade I mean I don't know if you know what you're getting yourself into with that game but I am so down to check that one out all right well so maybe i want to back off the decision now (laughs) (laughs) well um we will have to figure that out yeah and uh we'll see what that is next time but this has been bard's backlog thank you all for listening and we will catch you all next time